Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with the amazing and wonderful Victoria Shaw. She is a return guest. So many of you enjoyed her conversations earlier. I thought, well, let's bring her back. And today we will be talking to her about loving yourself into alignment. But before we swing into that, I would like to introduce you to your own self a little bit better and invite you to take the superpower quiz. I created this because so many of us look at the people around us and go, ooh, if only I was gifted the way she is or, or he is. And we take our own gifts a lot of times for granted. We don't always recognize what they are. And so the superpower quiz is a mirror for you to look in to see where your giftedness lies. So you can deliberately cultivate that and grow into the strengths that are naturally yours. You can find that at superpowerquiz.us. That's superpowerquiz.us. And with that taken care of, I would like to introduce you or reintroduce you to Victoria Shaw. She is a PhD and has an NCC. She's an intuitive counselor who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with intuitive guidance to help clients heal, grow, and realize their full spiritual and personal potential. Victoria earned her doctorate in cognitive psychology from Princeton University and completed her postdoctoral training in education and developmental psychology at Columbia University Teachers College. She received her master's in counseling from Fairfield University and is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Connecticut. Victoria takes a holistic approach to counseling, addressing clients' concerns on the mind, body, and spiritual levels. She especially loves working with people who are committed to using their life experiences or struggles to fuel their own spiritual awakening. Victoria is the author of four self-help books for parents, children, and teens, and the host of the Intuitive Connection podcast, and the founder of the Cactus Blossom Retreat in Escondido, California. Welcome, Victoria. I'm so happy to have you back with me today. Yay, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Oh, me too. We always have such a good talk when you come on and it's been way too long. So we are taking care of that oversight today. Yay. So on our topic today, I know we hear a lot about self-love and it's really important, but tell me, how do you know if you're giving yourself enough self-love? What does loving yourself even really look like? Oh my God, that's such a good question. I mean, I don't think there's ever an, I mean, I think it's always enough and there's never too much. So, <laughs> but I think some, some clues that, you know, that might be an area that you want to expand into is, you know, wherever you don't feel good about yourself, whenever that voice in your head is not super kind, whenever you're in that space of putting other people's needs reflexively ahead of your own, Mm -hmm. I think these are some of the areas where we get in trouble when it comes. I, to I love that ourselves. word reflexively, yeah. right? Because being a parent, being a spouse, being a, a sibling, you know, a, a daughter of parents, you know, there are moments where, yes, I do have to put somebody's needs ahead of my own. 
but it's not all the time, right? right. <laughs> it's not that reflex. And I would even say when we are really, really aligned, and this is all about, you know, alignment, being aligned with our highest and truest selves. When we are really, truly aligned and we are really tuning into our needs in the highest sense, everything always works out. Meaning you do what's best for you. It's always best for the other person as well. And so, you know, when we're more on that human level, we're more rooted in scarcity and this idea that, you know, I have to, I have to take care of what's mine or there won't be enough for me. Or what a lot of overgivers do is they say, well, there isn't enough, so I better just give everything to everyone else and put myself last. But both mm. of those are, are false. They're false. They're based on that illusion of scarcity. In the highest sense, there's enough for everyone. And when we are meeting our own truest and deepest needs, um, automatically everyone else is also getting exactly what they need as well. Yeah, which kind of brings to mind some really dysfunctional relationships I have in my past. <laughs> um, I had a husband who was extremely narcissistic. Where is that line between self-love and narcissistic me, 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 me? It's all about me and you're just a character in my world. Right. Well, my guides have always said to me that the one thing that narcissists get right is that they, they know how to take care of themselves and that, you know, th there's, that's a good thing. Um, what they, what they tend to get wrong is that they, they are so wedded to that small sense of self, that egoic sense of self, and so disconnected from the higher spiritual sense of self that, you know, they operate totally in scarcity. They operate totally in this idea that it's all about me and that there's nothing but my egoic self. And in so mm -hmm. doing, you know, they get lost in the mirror. Uh, staring back at their ego and and they don't they don't tune into anything greater or anything more um, but narcissism isn't really rooted in true self-love and oftentimes someone who displays displays that kind of narcissistic behavior especially you know the more abusive type qualities is someone that inside doesn't feel super lovable at all and so they've they've hung on to this you know egoic sense of self where you know I have to always be right and I have to always be you know, people just in keep beating control my ego. And, in control. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. And almost out of uh, unconscious fear, you know, that if this, if this cookie crumbles, I have nothing left, right? Because there's nothing inside. This is just, you know, the shell. Um, but there's not that deeper, deeper, you know, connection to that, that self-love on the soul level, um, which is what yeah. we're all seeking and all wanting to express here in this human realm. Yeah. I, I like that because one of the interesting things I noticed as I spent time in the spiritual world is a lot of what is described as spiritual goals, uh, non-attachment and, you know, caring for yourself, loving yourself, some of this kind of thing. If you look at like sociopathic and psychopathic behavior, it's like if you take it to that extreme, it, it looks unhealthy. So help us kind of parse that through a little. When you truly honor your needs in that highest level, that means I'm, I'm tuned into myself. I'm really listening to myself in that deepest sense. It means that my act, my intuition is turned on, right? And I'm really, I'm, I'm really in touch with that. I'm in touch with myself. I'm in touch with my inner being. I'm listening to that. I'm honoring that. I'm honoring my feelings without, you know, getting lost in the stories behind them. When we start to live that way, we cannot go wrong. We cannot go wrong. And we, we start to recognize that when I do what is in the highest good for me, it is always in the highest good for everybody else. 
Mm. Um, but, but most of us don't live there a lot of the time. And yeah. again, disconnected from that we get, the more we get into these illusions, you know, of a narcissist thinking I got to always put myself first, mm-hmm. right? Not recognizing that when you put yourself first in the truest sense, everything lines up. And sometimes, you know, you, you end up finding that what you want to do is, is, you know, the pro-social thing, not because you feel like you should, but because it just feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think part of what what the difference is, is that lack of empathy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. because a lot of us on the spiritual path have tremendous amounts of yes. empathy. And a lot of times that leads us a long ways astray. <laughs> yeah. And that's really well put. Yeah. And it's it's a spectrum, right? So that some people have a lot of empathy can be a little too empathetic, meaning they're always taking everyone else's side and they're not paying enough perspective and they're not honoring their own. And someone who's more on the narcissist, the narcissistic, thank you, (laughs) the narcissistic end of the spectrum is someone that doesn't have empathy or doesn't have a lot of empathy and cannot put themselves in someone else's shoes and therefore only understands the world from their own limited perspective. And, you know, when we talk about when empaths and narcissists get together, because oftentimes they attract each other because they are on opposite ends of the spectrum and, you know, um, and they see, life they seeks balance. balance. Exactly. Thanks. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, what often happens is, you know, the, the more em- empathetic person assumes that the narcissist is wired like them. And they assume if I just work hard enough, you know, it's seeing their perspective, they'll see mine too, but they won't because they can't. Right. right. And, and the or, or they'll need- change because I've loved them so selflessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. usually work that way. And the narcissist, well, you know, they're able to, you know, get what they, you know, they they are able to benefit off of the extra empathy uh, that the empathic person, empathetic or empath, is is giving them because that person knows how to do work both sides of the equation, right? So the empath. You know, so the narcissist doesn't have to do any of that work. The narcissist yeah. is freed up to just worry about their own needs, which is what they're best at doing anyway. Exactly. Now, I know as a very helpful, empathetic person in my life, when you start to make more space for your own needs, you will oftentimes get pushback from the people around you who are very used to you always putting them first. And frequently there will come accusations of, well, you're so selfish, you're being so selfish. How, how do you deal with the, that encounter? How do you explain yourself or do you even need to explain yeah. yourself? You know, I think so often, and again, people that are more empathetic do this more than people that just, you know, are more on the narcissistic end of the spectrum. But I think that there's this belief in our world that you know when someone else has a different opinion about us right than us about us <laughs> that, yes <laughs> that the the way to solve that problem is to try to change their mind mm. and um i'm not a fan of that approach because it doesn't work because you have control about your own mind and you have control about how you live your life and you have control about your the way that you honor yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, But you don't have control about what anyone else is going to do. And you certainly don't have control about what anyone else thinks. And you actually don't need to have that. Sometimes relationships, people will leave, you know, you'll fall out of a relationship when that, that, you know, when you start to honor yourself and someone else has just been around for the ride of, you're always going to, you know, 
do what care I of want all you to my do stuff first. and right. yeah, yeah exactly and, and you and you stop showing up in that way sometimes those relationships will fall away and sometimes also the other person will show up you, you never know but you don't need to solve the problem in their head. And I think of all of these things as opportunities when you start to wake up and you start to say, I'm going to you know, include myself in my relationships and my needs in my relationships. It's a really good sort of litmus test to see who, who are the keepers and who are the ones that maybe you know, are going, you're going to let fall away. Yeah. And to not let other people decide for you what your needs are. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I recall as I was kind of working through this um, was I had a lot of work I needed to do in my own mind around the potential that other people had. I know when I was in that really bad relationship with the narcissist, he had tremendous potential, but he wasn't expressing any of it. <laughs> and one of the big pieces of work I had to do was around caring less than he did <laughs> because I cared a lot more than he did that he would express that potential and you can't care more than they care was yeah. one of my lessons. And that's true in all of our relationships, whether it's someone who's very narcissistic or a child or a friend or a spouse. And oftentimes we feel, you know, I'm dependent on their well-being for me to feel good. Mm -hmm. And you you control your well being, so you're not dependent on anybody else. Um, but well, and highly sensitive people, I find, fall into that trap because they are highly sensitive. It's right. like if I can make you calm and happy and relaxed, that right. makes things quieter in my world. <laughs> yeah, but it's important when we're highly sensitive to learn to set those boundaries and to learn to take control of our own well being because it's conditioning. Yeah, and we we can start to make choices to not feel like we're victims to our sensitivity, right? You you yeah. really do control your own well-being. And I think too that, you know, sometimes when we feel, and you know, I get this a lot, I work with so many parents, but it's it's true in many, many situations, you know, when you feel like you have someone else's answers for them, and you may very well have that broader perspective and you may see things, you know, in other people that they don't see. And you may, you know, if you're an older soul or a wiser soul, know what that other person needs to do, you know, to get where, you know, either you they want them to, to be yeah. or they want to be. Like the, the problem with that is we all walk our own path. And yeah. um, we all need to do this stuff on our own. And sometimes too, we think we have the answers for someone else, but they don't actually want to do it the most yeah. quote unquote efficient way. They want to do it their way because exactly. you know, they, they want to get a little dirty, you know, and yeah. really, really learn that lesson, you know, by rolling around in the mud. I see that a lot with managers, right? Yeah. They're, the, you get promoted into this management position. Everybody's coming to you for answers and you get into this role of, well, I'm handing out all these answers. Right. And you will make yourself crazy if you go down that path. You need to set your people up to find the answers that they need right. instead of coming to you every moment and going, decide this for me, decide this for yeah. me. Right. And again, if you are a manager, like that's your job, right? So if yeah. your job is to, I mean, again, I think your job is to always to empower your employees, but there are things that you're supposed to know, and you you yeah. you know you have that that authority that in a lot of our interpersonal relationships, we really we don't have you know we don't yeah, have exactly. that, and we're not supposed to. 
right? And yet we structure things that way with our kids, right? We want to be our managers of our kids, with our husbands, with our friends, and that's where it starts to fall apart. So even a good manager, I agree, in a business setting is empowering, you know, those that work, you know, with them, the team to find their own answers and to bring out the best in, in each of their employees in life too, you know, you're not responsible for anyone but yourself. You're really yeah. not, even the ones that come out of your body. And I, you know, yeah. you're, well, you're and responsible I, for keeping them safe, you know, for yeah, a certain but I, period I of time. I think at a certain time, at point in time, you start to cripple them yeah. when, you, when you're giving them all the answers, making all the choices, telling them everything that there is to do. Mm. I saw this happen with a girlfriend of mine. She had one daughter that she loved dearly um but she couldn't give her the space that she needed to be able to move into that responsible position that you need to be as an adult and so she finally had to leave home in order to grow into that and like a long ways halfway across the country sort of thing (laughs) yeah yeah for sure because we don't have other people's answers and we're not responsible for their well-being but we are responsible for our own well-being and that's where the self-love love peace really comes, you know, online because we we can, the more that we love ourselves and the more that we honor ourselves, the more we do, you know, we, sorry, the more we can take care of and honor our own well-being and the more we can feed that and tend to that. And your well-being is also a great gift to the world because uh, when you feel good, that's contagious. And other people, even if, you know, the, sometimes the people around us don't like it when we feel good, if they're really out of alignment with their yeah. own vibration, but overall, you know, it's the best thing you can do to uplift the planet is to uplift yourself. Absolutely, because you change the temperature of the room that you walk into when yeah. you're in that beautiful, happy, balanced place. Yeah, and yeah. we're all connected, and the world actually needs more people living in their well-being. <laughs> that's that's what's going to be the tipping point, not more people that are miserable and uh, spreading the the misery. Absolutely. We're coming up on our first break here already, and I like to assign little bits of homework over the break. Um, what are some questions we can ask ourselves during the break uh, to kind of do a, a level set on how good we're doing on this uh, loving ourselves thing? Um, how kind is my self-talk, right? Oh. How often How often do I encourage myself? Is the first thing that I say to myself, like, you know, you're running short. Do I motivate myself by beating myself up? And mm. then also, you know, do I know what my needs are? And, and how often do I tune into my own needs before making decisions with respect to other people? Yeah, exactly. How often do I check in with how I'm doing before I say yes to bringing the brownies to soccer practice next week? Yeah. 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 Okay. I love that. So get your pen, get your piece of paper, ask yourself some of these questions. Check in on, on the tone of your self-talk. Is that something you would ever say out loud to your best friend? I think that's a good, good level check on that one. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. 
We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Victoria Shaw. And she gave us some questions we could ask ourselves over the break to kind of tune in to how well we're doing at loving ourselves. And I know for myself, the, the inner voice was a challenging one for a long time. It was really mean and nasty and critical. And I would never, ever say what that voice said to me to another human being because it was cruel, absolutely cruel. Um, so if we've gone through this, this list of questions and we find that some emotions have come up as we go through this because thinking about like releasing that hypercritical voice at one time i know one of my fears around that was well i would never get anything done right right it was kind of my my negative motivator if you will <laughs> what what are some of the fears that people might have coming up around thinking about changing this list or loving themselves a little bit more I think you hit a really big one right there that a lot of people are so used to. Our whole society runs on what's wrong with you, fix that, right? Yes. That's the program that so many of us have running. And so we learn to motivate ourselves by beating ourselves up and saying what's wrong with us. And, you know, I had a client this morning and she was talking about, I want to be more disciplined. And, you know, because I don't, I procrastinate, I don't get my work done. And, you know, she wanted to be more disciplined because, you know, she, but, but when I was listening to her talk, she was like, you know, 
feeling bad that she goes to the gym every day, right? And, and I was like, like, no, 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 that's good. That's good. Right? And I was like, yeah. you are disciplined. It's not about being disciplined, right? It's around cutting yourself some slack and being kind to yourself and figuring out, all right, you know, we, we often think that we have to motivate ourselves by beating ourselves up. But ironically, when we want to change, when we want to grow, being kind to yourself actually a much more motivating factor. But a lot of us have learned that we have to run on the fuel of beating ourselves up. And that, you know, if I'm not yelling at myself about that inner drill sergeant, yeah, right. If I'm not yelling at myself about being disciplined, I won't do anything. And the irony with this client this morning was like, you know, she was talking about, do I study or do I go to the gym? Right. And she was in graduate school and she was doing quite well. So I was like, you obviously have discipline. Yeah. Right. But we feel that if we don't keep beating ourselves up and saying, you know, you don't have this, that, you know, we won't do anything that, you know, well, yeah. We, and we you don't have to, you don't have to work a hundred percent of the time. That no. was, that's been another <laughs> one of these things I've been working through. It's like, yeah, it's okay Yeah, for you to take that half hour, hour, whatever you want in the gym. It's more than right. okay for you to sit with your book and be quiet for 30 minutes or 40 minutes in the evening. It's, it's right. in fact, will make you more productive. Right, exactly. And there are many people that say, I'm not disciplined. I don't go to the gym, right? So it's, it's more about oftentimes in your head and how you're using it than your actual behavior. Mm you know, but, but so many of us have been taught that I have to do drill sergeant and beat myself up in order to be successful. Cause that's what we learned. And maybe even our parents were, you know, a little lovingly or not so lovingly naggy as well. Yeah. And so that became the voice in our head. And, and so, you know, there's this fear that if I, if I'm kind to myself, I'm going to lose my edge and I'm not going to get anything done. And, but the more that we trust ourselves and trust in ourselves and learn to listen more deeply you know, that's an act of self-love. And then we start to run on the right fuel, like self, you know, um, criticism isn't the right fuel to run on. It makes us feel bad. It slows us down. You may get where you're going, but you're going to like, you know, backfire and sputter and it's just not clean fuel. When we run on self-love, that's a whole nother ball game. We feel good and we actually reach our goals faster. We reach our goals faster. Well, and here's the other thing that I found when I started to slow down, give myself more of a break, this kind of thing. Um, You know, time doesn't expand, right? But the thing that I found was I was doing a lot of stuff for other people that wasn't benefiting me, that didn't really in many ways even benefit them because i i had this bad habit of trying to take on other people's responsibility right. and everybody has to have their own responsibility and um so when i started to release some of those things and say no to some of these requests yeah there was pushback but it also gave me more breathing room to really look at what is it that i'm actually doing and is it is it fostering what I want in my life or is it just me being codependent? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And a lot of times too, we're afraid to make those loving choices because we're afraid, you know, to upset or let down the people in our world who we've come to rely on, who are also come to rely on our dysfunctional codependent behaviors. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about some practical things we can do, assuming we are now sold on trying this just a little bit. I'm I'm the fan of small experiments. 
see yeah. how it goes and then expand. Don't don't commit oh, I'm going to, you know, suddenly become radically different. Take some small steps, do some small experiments. So assuming we're sold on doing a small experiment, uh, for example, no longer being the snack mom every week, how, how do you start to talk to people about making that change? So, I mean, there's both internal and external changes, right? right. So the internal change is about listening to yourself about honoring yourself a little bit more, about, you know, sometimes even tuning in to what I want to do in this situation. How do I feel about what's happening now? Recognizing that you can tune into those feelings and say, I don't want to be snack mom. I really hate this and still do it. If you, you know, you can still make that choice. You can say, I really don't want to do this. This is awful, but I'm going to do it this time because, you know, they're depending on me or it's easy, you know, like, yeah, exactly. More present. They they don't have a, a plan B for this week. I will do it this week. I will have the conversation right. with them so they can make the arrangements. Right. Yeah. And sometimes too, it's tuning in to know yourself better because sometimes we have these reflexive programs going where you're going to say it's easier to say yes than it is to say no. And so you're going to keep saying yes, 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 yes. And then you bypass your feelings. So when yes. you start to tune into your feelings, you feel like, oh my God, all these no's, I'm never going to do anything. Everyone's going to hate me. In baby steps, you start to pay attention, you start to notice, you start to say, I'm saying yes when I want to say no. And then little by little, as you start to hear what you really want, then you you can, you know, like a sweet little child, you can start to take those little steps. What if I just say this one time? What if I just yeah. say no to this little thing? Exactly. What if I just listen to myself a little bit more? And you can do it very gently and gradually, but it starts with listening because so often we don't even tune into ourselves. Well, because, yeah, we make an yeah. assumption that somebody's worth it's going to blow apart if we tell them no. Right. Uh, and a lot of times if you have a conversation like with a child you've been doing age inappropriate things for, right? It's like, right. you know, you're going to need to to take this responsibility yourself and have that conversation. A lot of times you'll find out that they, they're ready for that. They've wanted this for a while and they haven't found a way to tell you that they don't want this. <laughs> that can happen too. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times too, it's just learning to listen because so often we're not even paying attention to what we want or what we need. Yeah. And then it's also around just, you know, becoming aware of your programs, how you talk to yourself. Sometimes you don't even, you know, I went through a, a period not so long ago where I had a lot of changes in my life and I had a period of, of um, pretty intense anxiety. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I realized when through this experience um, was the number of times that, you know, the thought in my mind was like, I did something wrong. And, and I can trace it back to my childhood where, you know, anything sure. that went wrong was blamed on me, right? Because I, oh, I yeah. didn't have real healthy parents. Um, so I know where it came from, but I hadn't been aware of until I got really present with myself how often that thought was coming up on everything mm -hmm. and how much, you know, distress it was causing me. And so now I've learned to say, you know, it's okay. You're a good girl. Like, you're, you know, you did yeah. okay. So yeah, right, you didn't Everyone do anything wrong. Sometimes do anything this stuff wrong. just happens. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. And even if you did do something wrong, it's okay. Like, because we learn by doing and every mistake is an opportunity and just, you know, comforting that little child inside of me that's always afraid, you know, that everything is her fault. Right. And so we start to become just a little bit more present with ourselves and we start to notice these things and then we can be our own inner soother. And that to me yeah. is a big chunk of what self-love is, it's coming in and soothing yourself and soothing those parts of yourself that are hurting, becoming aware of them, 
giving voice to them, giving space to them and soothing them. And when we start to do that, we find that, you know, those external choices become a lot easier to make and a lot cleaner because we're not reacting anymore from the scared child inside of us that we're trying to protect. Yes. Right. We're just, we're so much more present and we're just responding, you know, based on that more loving stance to what's going on in the outside world. And then we can just make much more clear and conscious choices. Let's let's talk about that inner voice, the inner drill sergeant, if you will. (laughs) I know I went through my own, uh, what do I want to say? It it was kind of a process of friend making with that voice. And I I treated it a little bit like an overly enthusiastic, but poorly trained employee uh, in terms of like changing how that voice interacted with me. What are some tips or or first steps you can offer to somebody who has a really aggressive inner voice like that? How do you start to change those thoughts? Because they can feel really automatic mm-hmm. and completely out of your control. It's like, this is just what happens in my head. Right. First of all, you're not your thoughts and your thoughts are not necessarily true, though they might feel very real real for you in the moment that you know you are hearing them. So recognizing that can be really helpful being present with yourself, understanding that usually this got set up somewhere in childhood. This is some kind of internalized voice, some internalized experience. It's not about where it came from or who did what wrong or you being a victim and someone else being a villain. Though if you need to go through that stage, that's okay. That's part of the healing process for many of us as well. Um, But it's just about being aware and being aware that you have this program running that isn't feeling really good for you and that you don't have to believe it. And that's sort of step one. And then step two is you don't argue with it. You don't argue with it because when you argue with that inner voice, you know, you, you actually, it's like, you know, the, the drunk. It it adds fuel to the fire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I always use the analogy, you know, the drunk uncle that wants to pick a fight at Thanksgiving dinner. If you give him attention, right? Yeah, it's just going to get worse. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a, you know, a moment to just focus on your food and, you know, pass pass the mashed potatoes, right? Don't, don't, you know, engage and don't, this is a mistake a lot of people make too. Don't beat yourself up for beating yourself up. Yeah, exactly. Because we do that. If you catch yourself in the cycle, yeah. How mean I am to myself. I'm so mean to myself. I'm like, I'm such a loser. What the heck is wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. It's an endless cycle. You know, your your ego is so tricky that way. So it's around presence. It's around letting it be there. It's around honoring that it serves a purpose because it probably kept you safe at some point in your life. It might be a motivator. It might have kept you safe as a child because maybe other people were very... um, aggressive in that way. And so you start to, if I get there first and I beat myself up first, it won't hurt so much when the outside world does it, does it to me. Yeah. No, you're just more tender when it happens. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I discovered. Right. But it's there for a purpose. So you want to, you want to, you know, I love that you mentioned the safety aspect of that because when I was having this conversation with the voice, um, what, well, I had some ground rules first. I had to be calm and I had to approach it with love, which was hard. Yeah. Okay. But I would get myself into a calm state. I would approach it with love and get curious about it. And one of the things that it told me was, I'm here to keep you safe. Yeah. I can't go away because that's my job. I'm here to keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it did probably serve that purpose at some point. But yeah. after a while, you know, it's, 
it's it's outrun its usefulness and, well, and now and that you're an adult you it's can still trying to keep you safe it just doesn't yeah. understand a better way to do it right and that's and, what i did with mine i just right. trained it up into a better way to do it it's like okay look i i know your job previously has been to keep me safe right i'm an adult now i can pretty much handle that without you uh, but what I do need from you is understanding and compassion and to help make my inner life peaceful and happy. Right. Yeah. And that's when things kind of started to shift between me and the voice. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice to give it another job. I love how you did that. You said, yeah. I honor you. I thank you. You know, I'm going to give you another job now if you want to take it. You want to try, you want to try this. <laughs> and sometimes it's healing some of that stuff and, and learning to soothe our inner child so that we do feel safe. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times too, you don't have to argue with the voice. You can just give yourself some love. You can start to sprinkle in what would I like to believe in, you know, what would I like to believe instead? Yes. Um, you know, so it doesn't have to be a dialogue, but I love what you did about having that loving conversation with it. And I'm going to, I'm going to fold that one over because it's a really good way to make peace and for it to just be able to relax and know, oh, there's other ways that I can help you now. I love yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And and just for everybody out there, don't think this was a one and done kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> because I would find I would get into the conversation, I would start to get like upset and and it's like, okay, I need to take a time out. We'll come back and continue this conversation yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> and we have our mental habits and our mental yeah. habits have momentum. And so it's important to recognize change can be instantaneous, but it's often gradual. And yeah. you know, we just each time we have a little more bit more presence each time we are a little gentler with ourselves we are creating new momentum and new streams and new ways of doing things yeah that's beautiful oh my goodness so let's say we've started to have some of these conversations with our our inside self and the people around us um how do we how do we balance loving ourselves with loving others a lot of times we kind of have been raised to think that there's like this finite amount of love. If I'm right. giving more love to myself, maybe I don't have as much to give to my kids. Yeah. So you're an infinite being and you come from infinite love. So that is probably the one of the biggest delusions and, you know, delusions of the human experience that love is somehow based on conditions and it's somehow limited. It is not. And in my experience, the more deeply we love ourselves in that higher sense and not in that narcissistic way, but really just being, you know, true to ourselves, honoring our needs, really feeling into intuitively, like, what do I need right now? What feels right to me right now? What's the honorable thing right now? Everything else takes care of itself. And, you know, the more you love yourself, actually, the more space you have to love others, the more space you have to love others and the cleaner and purer and more unconditional your love for others will be because it's, it's coming from that place of true self-love, which you actually kind of need before you can really um, shed that light of unconditional love out, to, out into the world. Mm, I love that. So we're coming up on our second break already. <laughs> um, as far as homework goes over this one, what are what are some thoughts that we can work on around ways to love ourselves better? If we're kind of out of practice, what are some things we can, areas we can think about where perhaps uh, we can step into loving ourselves a little more firmly? We've got our, our things that are going bad list. So what do we do with that over this break? Well, we already talked about prioritizing yourself. 
listening to yourself a little bit more deeply, right? So really becoming present with your needs and what and and your feelings and what what you desire. And I also think soothing is a big one too. Like learning to just be kind to ourselves and and ask ourselves what we need and then and then provide it, you know, give it. And it's oftentimes it has nothing to do with anyone else. It has nothing to do with what anyone else is going to do or not going to do. It's really an inside job where we say, "Honey, what do you need?" And we start we start to listen and then we start to we start to say, "Okay." I let, love that. You know, what can we do? Absolutely. So over this break, take a few minutes to think about what your first mini experiment is going to be. Are you going to take five minutes to sit in your inside yourself and and look at, you know, what what your inner landscape is? Are you going to work on setting some boundaries? What's that first mini experiment going to be for you? And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I'm still here with Victoria Shaw, the amazing and wonderful. Um, before the break, we invited you to spend a little time thinking about what your mini experiment might be. And uh, I know sometimes when you're looking to do something different, it can be a little challenging to come up with what those mini experiments might be. So what are some practices that people can use to to deepen 
that sense of love for themselves and maybe even love for others at the same time. Again, I think it's being more present. I think it's being aware of your self-talk. And I think too, it's it's starting to to make those those changes, those changes, you know, prioritizing yourself in your daily to-do list, yeah. being kind to yourself, you know, inside your very own mind. It's about- like, it, It's list. almost like not putting yourself on the to-do list, but yes. there should, it needs to be a to-don't list also. <laughs> yeah. And I also think that, you know, sometimes people listen to things like this and the message they get from it is, I'm not good at loving myself. Like, here's something else I need to do, you know, and I need to yeah. learn to do. And, you know, self-love is your birthright. You are, you, you came from love, you are love, and you just forgot how lovable you are somewhere along the line, as we all do in this human skin. And we're all finding our way home back to our own lovability. And because yeah. um, it's what you came from and it's who you are. So you know how to do this. You know how to do this innately. It is, it is who and what you really are. And so a lot of the action steps are just getting out of your own way, getting mm. out of your own way and listening more deeply and following those natural inclination, inclinations and tuning into your intuition, which is the best tool that you have, you know, to really, 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 really navigate life from that soul-based perspective um, where all the loving goodness really lies. And so mm. for me, it's really around again, that, that making that, that stop and that intention to align more, to love yourself more, and then just looking around for those opportunities because they will yeah. present themselves. And also when you hit a roadblock and you notice that I'm not talking kindly to myself, or I, I said yes, when I wanted to say no, or you know, I, I didn't make the loving choice or I'm motivating myself by beating myself up. We have presence in love with that. You know, when you're, when you're being unkind, soothing yourself is so big. And I think that, that, you know, we should learn in school how to soothe ourselves, how to take care of ourselves. But yeah, well, we, we learn to, you know, yeah. veg out in front of the TV, drink wine or, yeah. or eat fast food or whatever. And that's not really a very good job of soothing. What are some other things we can do to soothe ourselves when we discover we've been in this not present moment, when we've been a human doing instead of a human being. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, there are times when I veg out in the front of the TV and I eat ice cream and they're really appropriate and they're exactly what, you know, my is soul is needed in, in that moment. Yes. That moment. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to be a one trick pony and always feed ourselves, but well, we actually, we should always feed ourselves. Well, we <laughs> should feed ourselves Again, in a good and supportive when, manner. When but it yes. comes from that place of self-love, oftentimes people who binge eat, they're, they're beating themselves up. They're not, they're not soothing themselves at all. So it's yeah. really learning to listen to what will feel, what do you need right now? And listening deeply. And sometimes too, we're going to think we need one thing and find out we needed something else. Well, it's a dialogue and you're learning to listen. So you're not going to, you're not going to hear yourself right every time, but it's starting to open up that dialogue and really ask yourself and tune into what would feel good. What do let's, I need? And then let's talk a second about discernment, right? Yeah. Because we have these head thoughts that have been programmed in, you know, right. okay, I really want this pint of Rocky Road ice cream and a chick yeah. flick. Um, how do you tell that from a real intuition of, you know what, right now, that is the thing as opposed to what would really soothe me is to like go and sit out in nature and observe the birds. <laughs> you allow yourself to have whatever it is. You really allow yourself to have it without 
any kind of restriction, if you really truly allowed yourself to just have the ice cream without any internal dialogue, you'd probably have three spoonfuls and be done. But so many of us are, we're not tasting the ice cream. We're not really wanting the ice cream. We're not asking ourselves more deeply, what do we really want? Sometimes it's the ice cream. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes, you know, it's just for someone to say, I love you, which you are always welcome to do for yourself. And it's a beautiful place to start. Yeah. Um. So we start to listen more deeply without beating ourselves up when we go for the ice cream, because the ice cream is just like the mean voice in your head is just trying to help. And sometimes yeah. it does. And sometimes that's not what we need. And we need something else. So it's deepening the listening, allowing ourselves to be wrong and loving ourselves through the process as we discover more and more and more like what we need and who we really are. Right. And knowing that you can change what that is in any moment, right? Yeah. Because you can find yourself on the sofa with the rocky road and go, you know what? this isn't actually doing it. And you can make a different choice at any moment. Absolutely. And like yeah. I said, sometimes it is, but it's listening more deeply and you'll know. And a lot of times, a lot of the behaviors that, you know, those are, those are dysfunctional because we're not really loving ourselves when we're doing them. Yeah. And if we really did love ourselves when we were doing them, you know, and numbing out is different too. Like the video game or the checking the social media. I do all of those things, by the way, I am human, but you know, you want to tune into yourself and see what really feels good. And the more present we become, the more we recognize, oh, you know, I thought I really liked that. But now that I really tune into watching this, I, I'm always, I will always watch a rom-com. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I have no problem with those, but certain TV, certain things, you know, even checking my social media at times, you know, I tune into my body. Do I, is this really what I need? Right. And, and you learn to listen more deeply and you might be like, no, what you really need is a bath or what you really need is just to sit with yourself for a minute and give yourself a hug. What you really need to do right now is cry. It's okay. Yeah. What I really need to do right now is scream, um, which I will sometimes do if I want to release something. You know, I live alone, yeah. so I can do that now. Well, that helps. I was going to say, I, yeah. I warn people in my house if I'm going you to do that. You want to do that, yeah. Yes. And it's not I, scream at someone else either, but again, Exactly. It, it's like, it's, look, I've got this thing I need to get out. I'm going to sound like I'm losing my mind and it's okay. You don't yeah. need to do anything about it. Yes. <laughs> and self-love is also entrusting ourselves, deepening yeah. that trust because so many of us have been taught right? We need to police ourselves. We can't trust what we want. We can't trust how we feel. We can't trust what we need, you know? And when we start to really listen, we see not only can we trust it, but it will never steer us wrong. But we have yeah. to, we have to get through the, but I want the ice cream. And everyone says, I shouldn't have the ice cream. And if I sit down with this ice cream, I'm going to eat ice cream until I explode. And, you know, if you do that from a loving stance, at some point you're going to put the spoon down and you're never going to want the ice cream again if it doesn't serve you. Yeah. Because yeah. true self-love will never steer you wrong. It can't. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the things that I want to say here is we're all discovering and learning, right? And so when you have one of these moments where it's like, oh my goodness, I ripped my kid's head off about his homework or whatever, and you know, because I have this anger thing going on, um, don't beat yourself up for having gone through that episode, okay? It's a learning experience. You now have tuned in more deeply and recognize it's not about the kid and the C minus on the homework. It was actually about, you know, your situation at work and the frustration you're feeling there. You've got that information now. Work with that information and, you know, have a conversation with your kid and say, look, I'm 
I am sorry for right. what I did right there. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And loving ourselves through those moments, I think are the most powerful ones when you can say like, wow, that didn't feel good. What happened yeah. didn't feel good. I'm not comfortable with what I did, but I'm, I'm still a lovable human being and we all make yeah. mistakes. And I think those are the most powerful places to practice self-love and also in some ways the most helpful, right? Because they definitely will improve our relationships with both others and with ourselves. Yeah, I love that. You brought a gift with you today for our listeners. What did you bring for the people? I brought my free ebook, Activating Your Intuition. Oh, nice. So there we will find some tools perhaps you, to help us will, on this journey. <laughs> you will find some tools for sure. And like I said, your intuition, I always believe is the single best tool that you have for navigating all aspects of your life, including tapping into your own lovability and deepening your love and respect for, you know, everyone. And um, so the, the book is all around tools to do that, to leverage the power of your intuition and to learn to live more from that soul-guided place. I love that. So where can they find the ebook? I will put the link, of course, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So you can find it on my website, which is victoriashawintuitive.com. Uh, so S-H-A-W, Victoria, like the queen, victoriashawintuitive.com. <laughs> and there you'll find the link to the ebook, some other freebies. I think there's a quiz similar to your quiz, my friend, and also links to my podcast and all sorts of other ways to play with me. Wonderful. I love that. Yay. So we've got just a couple of minutes until we have to close here. Tie it up with a bow for us, Victoria. What, what is this self-love alignment thing and what does it really do for us in our lives and why should we commit to our little experiments? Everybody wants to feel good. That's what we all want. And we chase our tails and try to find a million different ways to do it, which usually involves taking us away from feeling good, right? Mm -hmm. I'll be lovable when I do this. I'll be lovable when she does that. I'll feel good when this happens, when that happens. Self-love is the most direct way to realign with your well-being and your highest and truest self. And that's what we all want. We don't have to wait. You are born lovable. You will die lovable. And the only one that really needs to discover that is you, is you. And once you awaken to your own lovability, everything about your life will change. And it'll also change the way that you relate to everyone else in your yeah. life. So and you'll a, actually win, win, become win. more lovable, honestly. You will. And, yeah. and more loving. Yes. More loving. But it starts and ends with you because you are the only one that can give you, yourself that gift. And uh, you're the only one, you know, who is in control of that. It all begins and ends with you. And, you know, sometimes people think like, well, I don't want to love myself. I need it from other people first. Yeah, uh, it, exactly. It works I, the other way around. I, I, I will disappear if my husband, boyfriend, whatever, you know, kicks me to the curb because without his love, I'm nothing. Right. That's, that's a lie. Yeah. And the love yeah. that we get from other people is just reconnecting us with our own love of ourselves, right? That's all it's doing in those moments. And so when we can find that first, then everything else becomes like the icing on the cake that, you know, we have been seeking all along. Beautiful. So make sure to check the show notes. Go to Victoria Shaw. Intuitive. Intuitive. Uh, get the get the ebook. Um, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, and thank you to everyone who joined us. Thank you to you, you little listener right there, you. I do this show for you, and I would love to hear from you. 
Was it helpful? Are there other people you'd like to see on the show? Whatever is on your mind, on your heart, please reach out and share with me. Ask Zofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week right here 